I'm interested in doing motion capture acting, creature work in specific. Do you think that uh, do you think that it could help me become a better animator, or is it going to be too taxing learning both of these things? Um, so that's okay. So I'll take the first stab at this. So it's it, it. I think it'll, a lot of it depends on where you are currently in your in your learning curve. Like, are you just starting out, or are you already? Do you have a couple of years under your belt, and you consider yourself a junior? Like, I don't know where you are. I get the feeling you're just starting out because the way like you, you kind of be you seem to be talking about learning two things at the same time. But I don't know because it could just be like creature work is maybe new. And I don't know. So I'm just one thing I will tell you for sure is to answer because there's a couple questions in here. The, the, the question I will answer right now is can motion capture make you a better animator? I would say absolutely yes. The same way that video reference makes you a better animator, motion capture, working with the data. Uh, so something I talk about every once in a while is the good old days, the golden era of animation where we would work as assistants or even in-betweeners to an animator on a, on a film before we got a shot at being an animator on our own and then maybe a supervising animator at some point, the idea was that we were literally, quite literally, the animator on that shot were doing all of the key poses. The assistant animators were doing breakdowns and the in-betweeners were doing the in-betweens. And so, as you can see, there is a small army of people that work under the animators. There's, and as you go up the ladder, there's fewer of them, right? So like there's, you know, there's maybe a handful of animators and there's quite a few assistants and there's a army of in-betweeners. At least that's what it was like back in the 2D days. So you got a chance to work with these drawings and just working with them and like learning from them and understanding and just absorbing it made you better because it made you more like as long as you're actively observing as you're as you're working with the, with the stuff, which it's hard to do if you're animating with the stuff. But I'd say the same thing with motion capture. If you're editing it and you're like modifying it and you're working with it all the time, you're going to start realizing things. Like, for instance, I still to this day will go back and look at motion capture data when I'm really trying to figure out something specific about the way a certain like a limp works. You know, you could look at reference for sure, but you know, reference is limited to the angle you get. You don't always have two angles. And so it's sometimes really hard to see for sure what's going on where in motion capture, you have the world's best reference because you can you can slow it down. You could scrub it backwards, forwards, get as close as you want, as far as you want, look at from whatever angle. So as long as you're using it like that, you can be- And you can helpful. see the animation curves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's huge, what you just said there. Just selecting on like the hips and like show me the curves. And now you can see it like, oh man, wow. I had no idea. Like, because sometimes your eyes not picking up on things on the reference, right? But what better way to measure something than in like quite literally world space on these plotted curves. So, oh my God, wow, the hips do thrust forward a little bit on the runs. Oh my God. It's like, you might not see that, especially if you're looking at like rhino house reference or something and they've stabilized the camera to the to the person and you're not it's not picking up on that you know um because it's maybe stabilizing based on the hips and so the hips are never going to move relative to the camera so your brain will never see it and it's really hard to see that if you're watching someone run across the field you're never going to see that it's too microscopic it's it gets hidden by the fact that they're displacing how you're going to see small like inches of fluctuation in speed um, over the course of someone traveling at five meters per second across, like no, you just won't. So, yeah, mm. you but you will if you if you should take a look at the F curve, and then now suddenly you're like, wow, I just learned something huge. I do that all the time. I'm I'm all I'm still discovering new things that I had no idea was a thing when I'm looking at motion capture footage. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe you want to take a crack at the other part of that question, Dave. 
Yeah, uh, the, the part of the question that, that I see is, uh, is it too much to try to become good at, at both? And I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think at some point you, it's, I mean, you obviously have the, the, the choice of being um, in between a generalist that is able to do everything decently or become super specialized like you just do creature uh, animation. But I would say most people are finding a balance in between. And I would say that motion capture and creature animation usually lend themselves uh, into either VFX or uh, video game. Yeah. So uh, I'm not saying that if you animate creature, you will have to animate mocap. And if you animate mocap, you will have to animate mm. creature. But those productions usually often have both yeah. of, of those things. So I would say that at least even if it's two different that, you know, bo both expertise are going to complement each other. But we can mm -hmm. see them at two different expertise. Both of them are typically, typically going to be in the same kind of production. So if you want to go towards video game, either it's gameplay cinematics or uh, VFX, uh, then you will definitely become an asset for a director that is looking for someone that's sometimes going to do that, uh, sometimes going to be uh, doing creature animation, but he's not going to complain when he have to, to work with mocap and the, and the uh, other way around. So to me, it would come back to Brent's first question as what is your current level of uh, experience mm -hmm. and expertise? Mm -hmm. um, if you're starting, I would say start with one, get used to it, get good to it, and then eventually add the other. Uh, whichever you want to start with is your mm -hmm. own decision. I would say if you were stuck with only one, which one would it be? Then start with this one. I don't think that starting with one is going to give you a, a big advantage. Uh, but no, uh, I, um, uh, I don't think that it, it would be too taxing to learn these two things. Now, if you are already working 40 hours a week mm -hmm. and you have a family exactly. and you want to take two online classes at the same time, mm -hmm. one with Screech and mocap, that's a terrible idea. Don't, don't yeah. do it. Mm -hmm. uh, but just in general, Focusing to push those two different expertise, uh, I think it's a it's a great it's a great idea. Um, now there's a there's a subtle nuance to you, the first part of this question too that I wanted to touch on. You're saying specifically, you're saying I'm interested in doing motion capture acting creature work in specific. Um, so right off the bat, and, and then you go on to say, do you think that will make me a better animator? So I. I mean, so it sounds like what you're saying is you'd like to get in a suit and actually do the performing as well. But I'm I'm making the assumption that you would then be working with the data possibly because that would that would definitely help you make a be a better animator. But if that's not, if the question is more just performing physically in a suit, is that going to make you a better animator? I would also say yes because I think that. Um, just like taking acting classes is a good idea for an animator. Someone who's getting out there and becoming comfortable with their body and, and learning how to perform with their body. Performance is performance. Whether you're doing that through animation, whether you're doing it with your own physical body, whether you're doing it with puppets, it's performance. It's entertaining and it's about movement and timing and all these important things. So no matter what, you could, you know, all these things all work in this very similar frequency in our minds. So you're always going to be getting advantages you know in other areas when you focus on one of those frequencies and spe specifically yeah. so with everything that, that i work with there was always a few animators that were shooting uh, a lot of reference for the other mm -hmm. animators so mm -hmm. if we're touching just acting in, in general not even for, thinking about uh, mocap 
being able to be comfortable to shoot reference in front of mm -hmm. uh, other people, whether it's reference for you or for others, it, it's another, uh, you know, uh, um, another asset that you can uh, bring. So I would say that's another thing in a showreel. If you have a shot and you show your own reference and it's actually a, a pretty good acting, that's another thing that a recruiter or director might say, oh, on top of that, if we need animators that are not uh, comfortable shooting reference, he can also do do that. So that would be another asset for sure. Yeah. Um, one one last little point here. What is it's also interesting that you're saying creature specific, motion capture and creature don't usually go well hand in hand unless you are actually cap motion motion, cap, uh, motion capturing like an actual creature. Like if you can get like a, or like not a creature but like an animal, like a dog, horse, or something like that. But usually we usually defer to an actual animal when we're trying to capture something that looks real, like a real quadruped. That being said, there is room there to actually, I've always been really interested myself in, in, in trying to get more out of a, of a performance. Like we get in a suit and we walk, we walk around on our, on our, on all four, but we're trying to take that data and then sort of, graph that onto a creature in an interesting way who's to say that like my arms have to be arms they could be uh you know four legs or who's to say that they can't be like the wings of a dragon like there's once you have motion you could repurpose it in a lot of really interesting ways if you know how to do that in something like motion builder so it's a lot there's lots of room there to be very experimental i don't see enough of that i, I in my mind i always refer to it as digital puppeteering and obviously jim henson's workshop they dabble a lot in this kind of stuff, you know, Phil Tippett studios, because that's a space that they work with a lot, like actually using a lot of animatronic stuff. And so there's kind of a weird sort of in-between world there that they, they, they play around with motion capture.